how fast time flies, isn't it? I just, I remember like, we just celebrated Christmas, New Year, and then we are right here at the end of May already, and the clock is not working. So, um, yeah, that's how fast time flies. Uh, so, and so fast, and we are going to reach the first half of 2019, and not long after that, we will all be celebrating Christmas, and then we will reach Wawasan Duaplo Duaplo. Wow, never imagine, right? Back in the school when the teacher always asks us, uh, draw what happens in Malaysia in 2020. Uh, I remember I drew flying cars and all that stuff. <laughs> Haven't seen that yet, but you know, one day, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so this, this whole month, you know, we have been talking about compassion. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say compassion. compassion. Okay, turn to the second choice of a neighbor and tell them compassion with compassion. <laughs> all right, all right, so... We, we have been talking a lot about, uh, we have been, uh, pastors been preaching on that. You know, we had Mother's Day last weekend. And Mother's Day was awesome, isn't it? Come on, let's give our mothers a shout. Woohoo! You know, so I, I just feel Mother's Day, it's like the most celebrated event in church. Father's Day is just so quiet. You know, you, you go to malls, Mother's Day, you know, it's always fully booked. Father's Day, you don't even have to book. There's always plenty of space in the restaurant. Seriously, you know, so, you know, I, I feel, I mean, yes, we don't give birth and all that, you know, but, you know, but if given a choice, I would. I would tell my wife, come on, the third one, let me do it. You know, so, I would have, I would have, seriously, you know, but, but unfortunately, you know, it's not something that I can. You know, even in, 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 in dictionary, the word father, you know, it's, it's, it's in between the word fat, hate, and fatigue. You know, so... I mean, seriously, you know, so these days, maybe we fathers need to buck up a bit more. You know, maybe we should show them something, you know, for next month or whatever. We don't know, but let's, anyway, we just want to appreciate all the mothers. You know, hope you've had a great time last week. Uh, we thank you for all the things that you've done for us, for the kids, all the tears you cry for the kids, praying for them, you know, so it's amazing. All right, so let's move on to the Word of God. Um, I remember one Saturday morning, I was having breakfast with my wife. Um, we were having Tim Sum, okay? Uh, not, not Tim Sum, Tim Sum, okay? Uh, not Timothy and Kara. Okay, so, uh, so we were having Tim Sum, um, you know, by a shop somewhere. We were waiting for our kids to uh, finish their classes and all that stuff. So while we were eating, we were just talking. You know, Saturday morning was just our marriage time. We just do that. And then... As we were just talking and eating, you know, I saw an old man walk into the shop, okay? And he was uh, carrying a lot of uh, rotten, rotan stuff, you know, rotan? Uh, what do you call that? R rotan, right? Yeah, so um, he actually, I think that's his profession. He makes uh, rotan chairs and all this furniture. And he just came into that shop, sat down with all these gears. He, he, he doesn't look so pleasant. He's a bit you know, uh, wearing shorts and all that, very old, and you can see that he's struggling. And he sat down, he ordered his Chinese tea and his two small plates of dim sum. Now, when I, when I saw him, I had a very, a moment there myself. And as I was just talking to my wife, you know, I just felt like very compelled in my heart, like to do something for that guy, for that man over there. And then, you know, so I thought, okay, is this me or God? I, I, okay, maybe let's just keep talking and eating and all that stuff. And, and then the word just dropped. Maybe I should just go and pay for his meal. 
Okay? So what happened was, you know, the whole thing went past and we paid. And I didn't pay for his meal. I thought, oh, maybe it's not necessary next time, you know, when I see him again. Um, uh, yeah, that's right. That's my excuse. So, I, so we left the place. We went home. We did everything. That whole day, I never felt peace in my heart. And I just felt that as if I should have done that, but I didn't do it. And it gripped me so much that I felt so bad that I didn't pay for his meal. Have you guys experienced something like that? Yeah, yeah. Have you guys done that? Like, like you, you probably walk past someone who has asked you for money or whatever thing, and you think, oh no, they are, they are cheaters. They... And then something that just gripped your heart so much. Yeah. You know, at the end of that day, I, I, I just prayed, God, I, I knew that has to be you. Because it, it's, that, it's that small incident at 8 a.m. in the morning, and the whole day, I don't have peace to do anything. I can't focus or do anything. So I repented. I said, God, I, I just want to, want to be, you know, more discerned with what you drop in my heart that I want to do. So I'm sure all of us experience this. But, you know, that was a moment in my heart that I felt moved to do something. But I gave excuses, justification that, oh, maybe he doesn't need it. Another time. I've never met that guy for the, for the past four years. And that incident happened in 2016. You know, sometimes things like that happen. You know, when we talk about compassion, a lot of times when we look in the Scriptures in New Testament, you know, the word that always accompanied the word compassion was that it always said Jesus was moved with compassion. Right? He was moved, and then he did this. He was moved, and then he, do, he, does, he did that. Now, let's look at it uh, in Mark chapter 1, verse 40 to 42. All right, it's up there. Okay, so now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, saying to him, saying to Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hands and touched him, and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Right, this is one, move with compassion. Now let's look at this, another scripture. It says this, Jesus stopped, called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be open. Move with compassion. Jesus touched their eyes, immediately they received their sight and followed him. This was when Jesus healed the blind man. Another verse. Then when Jesus landed, you know, it's amazing when Jesus landed, as if he just came out from a plane or something, and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. Everybody say compassion. compassion. Right? Because they were like sheep without shepherds. So he began teaching them many things. And Jesus was moved with compassion, then he taught them. Okay, he taught them. The last one. I feel compassion for the people. This is what Jesus said. Because they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from a great distance. And then after that, Jesus fed the 5,000. So in all different scenarios, you know, whether it's the, lepros the guy with the leprosy, whether it's the blind man, whether it's um, you know, people who just lost and, or, or people who are hungry. When Jesus saw them, 
he was moved with compassion. And then it followed by an action. Amen? And, and so today the question is, you know, we've been talking about compassion. I, I guess the question we need to ask ourselves is, are you moved to do something in your life? You know, Mark chapter 1, the, 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 the verse that we, we have just read just now about the, the, the guy with leprosy coming to him, you know, say, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And then, and then the, the Bible said, then Jesus moved with compassion. Now, in, 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 in another translation, there was, it, it mentioned that um, Jesus was indignant, meaning he was angry. I was like, wow, uh, why from compassion and angry? Because he was angry because of the situation that they are in. He was probably angry because of how they were being treated by people around them. It's just like when, when you see injustice, you get angry, correct? You know, you, 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 you want to do something. It's, it's a similar feeling, it's a similar, similar emotion that triggered between us and then it will trigger us that we, out of that compassion, it will cause us to go out and to do something. Amen? All right, so today we're going to talk about moved. Are you moved with compassion? You know, are you moved with compassion? Now, what, what, what does it mean by move? It's an inner turbulent agitation that forces something out of you. I, I told you that story just now, right? There was an inner turbulence of agitation, I, as, as if I, I need to pay for him, for that guy. But I didn't, I, I ignore that. And that is why the whole day, the whole weekend, I couldn't concentrate on doing anything. And sometimes, even now, by telling you that story, I, I still get that. I, I still recall back all that emotion that went through in, in, in my heart on that day. And I felt I missed a big chance. I missed a big opportunity to just sow into somebody's life. You know, when we were, when, when Jesus was confronted with human needs or suffering, that deep emotion from within him will surge out that will cause him to heal the sick, feed the hungry, or even raise the dead. And that inner churning of compassion so moved Jesus that it moved the way to the cross for you and I. And it is that compassion in him. And that's why he says in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, he says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he, become, he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. He was having a heart of compassion for us. And because of that, it moved him. You know, so a lot of people say, um, he, I mean, he could have chose not to do that. You know, but it's actually Jesus endured poverty on every level so that we can enjoy the riches of His grace. And He died and His blood so, was shed so that we can live and be free from sin. He was bruised so that we can be made whole. He was forsaken and rejected by the Father so that we can be accepted. All this happened because He was moved with compassion. And in fact, you think about that, in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, the heart of the Father was moved in compassion and that's why He set in motion the entire plan of salvation so that He can send His Son, Jesus Christ, to come here and die for our sins. And all because He had compassion for us. It's that inner agitation that Jesus had towards every enemy of our soul that He displayed Himself in compassion all the way to the cross. Can we all say amen to that? You know, the thing is this, the Holy Spirit in each of us, 
when we are confronted with sickness and diseases, when we see people who are suffering, broken and lonely, the Holy Spirit will convict in us. He wants us to have that movement. He wants us to be so stirred up within us that it will be impossible for us not to do something. It will be impossible for us not to do something. I mean, today we see a lot of um, stats, a lot of stories. You know, today, um, I think it was just last week, if I'm not wrong, that one teenager just committed suicide just because of the Instagram poll that she, she did, whether L or D. You guys saw that news? It, it, it is sad. No, but sometimes when we see, when we, when we read through papers, you know, we, we, we saw statistics like, you know, uh, five out of every ten teenagers are suffering this and that. One out, of every, uh, one out of every two marriages in Singapore failed. Sometimes when we look at the numbers, they don't mean anything to, to us. But you know what, church? Every, behind every number, it's a story that is to tell. You know, that, that when we, sometimes when we can just go through our, the motion of life, that, 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 that the things that we read, that the things that we see, that the, people, that the things that we experience around us are just another number to us. It doesn't mean anything to us anymore. But if you were to dig deep, there is a life there. There is a story there that's waiting for God to rewrite in their life. So when, you, when we go through all these things, when we read through all these things, when we hear things like this from our friends, do we feel compelled? Do we want to do something for them? Are we moved? In 1 John 3, 17, it says this, If anyone with earthly possessions sees his brother in need, but withhold his compassion from him, how can the love of God abide in him? That was the same verse that God spoke to me on that night in 2016 when I did not, when I withhold something from that man. It spoke to me. It, it, I was so beaten. I said, God, I, I repent. Please forgive me. You know, if another time were to come, I will do it. I will do it. I will do it. I will pay for it. I will just do whatever you ask. When we are born again in Jesus, His Holy Spirit dwells in us. Amen? Now, the thing is this. When the Holy Spirit dwells in us, the things that move Jesus, the Holy Spirit will also use the same thing to move our hearts. Similar. Okay? The things that are important to Him, the things that are near to His heart are automatically placed within us by the Holy Spirit. And that's why we are supposed to be able to see and we can love and we can act on that. So it's just like what matters to God now matters to me. Amen? Yeah. You know, before I was, I was a believer, I was, I was saved, you know, I can go out and, I mean, not to say after you're a believer, you don't sin automatically. I can do a lot of things. And, but when I'm a believer, now that I'm conscious, I know that my Father loves me, I have a relationship with Jesus, I know that whatever that matters to Him matters to me. And so I will honour this relationship. It's just like a, a, a marriage you know, we have our Mr. and Mrs. Ian and Ivy. Where are they? Woo. And he's alone. Where's your wife? Okay. All right. So, I mean, just like a couple. You know, before Ian and Ivy got married, what matters to him matters to him. And what matters to Ivy matters to Ivy. But now that they are a couple, what matters to her matters to him. Correct? What matters to him matters to her. You know, it's the same thing within me and my wife. You know, when, when, when we, we dated for five years... Uh, we got married and we stayed together. 
the first morning when I woke up from my bed, you know, I found that, oh my goodness, who squeezed the toothpaste right from the middle? I was so agitated by that because I need to push it all the way up from the back, you know? But then I found out it was my wife who did that. So I confronted her. What are you doing, you know? So, and, and we found a lot of things like the toilet papers, toilet rolls. Do you know that? So there's always a steel thing. Then the toilet rolls come down. Okay, so this is the steel thing. The toilet roll should be like that. Uh, because if you pull the toilet roll, then you will just tear easily, right? But uh, that, that's how I replaced the toilet roll. But she would have put the other way around, <laughs> like this. You know? So I, I found, and I found the, the toilet paper holder thingy. It was patented to be this way. So I showed my wife. I said, you know, that's, that's the way. But hey, but if matters, what, what matters to her matters to me. If she likes to squeeze the toothpaste from the middle, so what I'll do is, when I brush my teeth, I'll just squeeze from the back, roll it up, so the next morning, she can have a good squeeze. <laughs> Isn't it right? Because what matters to her matters to me, okay? Timothy, you're laughing very loud. Is this something you're going through right now? Okay, so... So it's the same thing when it comes to Jesus. We can be a new believer. You, can, you may have just given your heart to Jesus, given your life to Jesus, but when you come to a realization that you have Jesus in your heart now, you have a Father in heaven, you have a relationship with Jesus right now, you will honor that relationship and you will read His Word. And whatever the Word of God says, it matters to you because there is a relationship that you want to keep. Isn't that true? It's just like what we have in our marriages. Awesome. So that's the thing. But First John, in, the, in, in, this, uh, in this verse that we are reading, it says here, um, but, okay, if anyone with early possession sees his brother and need, but withhold his compassion from him, how can the love of God abide in him? It's, 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 it's sort of saying that we can actually sometimes clench down and that the movement of compassion that God has put in us and that is changing us to the image of Christ daily, we can actually sometimes decide not to flow with that and we try our heart to clench it down and say, no, I'm not going to do that. And that's why I say, how can the love of Christ be in that? Are we moved with compassion to do something in the situation that God has placed us in? You know, in, in, in this modern church, um, you know, I, when, when I grew up, I always asked my father, my, my, my dad is a, is a pastor, I always asked him, you know, we have the Old Testament and then we have the New Testament. Um, so, is it that one day, whatever that we are doing in church today, we will have the modern testament? You know, growing up as a teenager, right? So, I always, so, I mean, and I always feel that these days, in, 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 nowadays in church, we always hear things like, oh, I'm going through this, this, this difficulty, I don't have enough for this season, I, I'm, I'm going through this sickness and this thing and that thing. Unfortunately, most of the things, most of the reply we'll ever hear from a Christian these days, most is, I will pray for you. Right? All that, a lot of times, I'm not saying praying is wrong, but the thing is this all of us are willing to pray, but not all of us are willing to act. When you hear someone in need, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I pray for you. But is praying the only thing that you can do? Why don't you take a step out? Take the extra mile. What can I do for that brother or that sister? You know, the, 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 this instance, as I was 
as I'm telling you this, this is a reminder for me. I'm telling myself this as well. When I, and when I'm, when I always say, can I pray for you? What can I, I'll pray for you. I will always remind myself, is there anything that I can do? Is there a verb that should come after that? Not just praying for you. So church, because of that movement of compassion in Jesus Christ, when he saw all the need that he, he saw in the people, it's the same movement that will come to us by the Holy Spirit, that in order for us to turn a blind eye to the suffering and the needs of others, we are trying to fight it down and say, no. Don't do that, church. If God compelled you to do something, don't fight. I mean, you can resist. I resisted in that story that I shared with you, and nothing happened. I, I just imagine like there are so many possibilities. Like what would happen if I just extend the act of kindness to that uncle that day? You know, for too long, sometimes maybe in the, in the Christian world, we have debated, argued about the causes of human suffering. You know, why people are sick and does God want to heal them and why this and why that? You know, I read an article uh, right after uh, 911 in U.S., um, that few weeks after that, the church attendance actually shot up, you know? But it subsequently went down because lots of people were talking about this is judgment, this is what God is going to bring, this punishment and all that stuff. It's, there's no compassion in that, you know? And in fact, you think about that, the Pharisees, they do that. You know, when, 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 they, when they bring a blind person or a leprosy, they, they will be thinking, oh, he must have sinned, or maybe this is the curse of the generation and all that stuff. But Jesus never indulged in that conversation. What he did was he saw them, he was moved with compassion, and he healed them. So that's the main thing. And, and I thought, wow, God, I, I, thankfully I was not like that, you know, and I, and I never debated, you know, why is it that this person is sick? Is it because he, he was... He's seen or whatever it is, something. So I was having this conversation with God when I was, you know, doing this. And then God just placed this thing in my heart. He said, Isaac, you know what? You, you were actually like the Pharisees. I was, I was shocked. You know, this, I, I'm sure you guys remember this news when, um, when, 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 when the Wall Street Journal in the US, they, they, they published this news that's saying uh, Malaysian official one stole 2.6 billion and, you know, all that stuff. You might remember? You all know who is MO1? I don't know who is it, okay? So uh, it was never proven. I, I know that instance, everybody was going on engaging in this conversation. Oh, how can that crook, you know, steal so much money and all that stuff? You know, when I was reading this and then God dropped this thing in my heart, you guys remember the story of Zacchaeus? And how he, he wanted to see Jesus? And at the end, Jesus went to his house and ate. So God dropped this thing in my heart. If Jesus was here today, he will go to the house of MO1 and have lunch or dinner with him. And we will be like the Pharisees. Why do you go and have lunch with MO1? You should have gone to have lunch with Pastor Daniel. He's a much more righteous person. Have you ever made statements like that? We all have. All Malaysians have. But we as Christians, that, that actually gripped my heart even more. It's like, Isaac, you were just like them. Wow. And that moment was just like that, total silence. 
And if God can see something about Zacchaeus that the people don't see, why can't we see that perspective? When, God, when Jesus saw Zacchaeus, he saw the potential of unsafe part that can be saved. But the Pharisees and the people, even the disciples were probably asking, but why do you want to go with this crew? He was the master tax collector, the worst, and he taxed everybody else a lot and, and all that stuff. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. So that's the same thing. All right, so when we see human suffering and human need, I pray, all of us, city lighters, we will not debate. Oh, God is bringing this punishment on you. God is bringing this judgment. No, let's not do this. Let's go out and love them and shower them in needs and bless them and give all that God has provided for them. Let's give God a big, big hand. Come on. And I love it. I remember when we first came to Penang, you know, um, there was massive flood. Uh, I think it was early 2018. And then, you know, we, you guys, we guys just went out and, and, and helped people to clean the house and all that. You don't care. You know, we contributed to um, the guy who was shot in New Zealand. Even though he was from other race, we, we just love. We were moved and we go and do something about it. So that's important. You know, Jesus was confronted. When confronted with all these things, he did not sit back, but he was moved with compassion. You know, even when, if it does not make sense, we need to be Jesus to our community. Okay, we need to be Jesus to our community. You know, it, it's, it's so easy to talk about that. You know, let, let me just ask you a question. When was the last time that you have, you have done something that you've moved out of compassion for somebody? Just, just ask yourself that question, that method, that, 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 that question. When, did you, when was the last time you were moved with compassion and you did something for somebody? You know, I, I could... Like, like I tell you, that, that story that I told you happened in 2016. It was 2016 December. Okay, it was in my journal. I could still see it very clearly. See, the, the, the thing with this is that when was the last time you go for a mission trip? When was the last time you did something nice to somebody out of compassion? No, I don't want all of us as Christians to think, oh, I've gone mission trip. No, but the, last, the mission trip I went was 12 years ago. Don't leave in your expired experience thinking that whatever that you've done back then is sufficient for you to carry through. Jesus, he was always moved with compassion. He was always putting in and into the needs of the people around him. So can I, can I just encourage you today? You know, if you've never done something out of compassion for someone before, or, you, or whatever the, the, the incident that you recall was something that happened 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it's time for us to ask God, Stir our hearts, move our hearts, and allow us to do something for Jesus. Don't live in your expired experience. Amen? Amen? So that's important. And just imagine that if every one of us here in the body of Christ, if all of us here are moved with compassion and allow the Holy Spirit to use us, it doesn't matter how big or how, sm how, how, how small that, that event is, we will all make a difference in Penang. There are easily about 300 of us. If this week, when we go back into the marketplace, our office, and everywhere, just ask God, move my heart with compassion, allow me to see things differently. And if we were all to obey what God has put in our hearts, I am sure 300 more people will be affected as Christ. It's just that straightforward. You know, you don't have to say, I want to sign up to go to Bible school, 
And after that, the Bible school teach me how to be compassionate. You don't need that. You only need the love of Christ. And we have all experienced that. Right? So that's, that's, the, that's the whole thing that's about. When, when, and when the Holy Spirit calls us to move with compassion, it will always cause us something. All right? And there's a compassion that the Holy Spirit wants to birth in us that will cost us something, be it our time, our resources, our money, whatever it is. Now, after being a father, I realized this, you know, um, I realized the heart of God, the Father, and how He can be so moved with compassion. Um, there was this incident when my daughter, Rennie, went for a coloring competition. Uh, I think it was just during the Easter. So she loved drawing, she loves coloring, she loves art. So I signed her up for a drawing competition. Um, yeah, so, so she went for it. So at first I, th I thought, you know, there are probably not so many people. So I said, yeah, there's probably less than 10 people. You know, you, you probably stand a good chance to win something. Um, and then when she went for the competition, and suddenly there were like another 20 guy, 20 kids showed up. You know, so the probability just went lower. So she tried her best, she colored. You could, I could see her putting effort and everything there. And when they announced uh, the top 10, okay, um, Obviously, you know, she was just, I could see her, her, the emotion on her face. She was just, oh, I'm not number 10. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four. Second runner out, first runner out. Oh, it's not her name. Champion, not her name either. You could see that dejection in her face. She was like, and then after that, they just gave everybody, a, you know, the certificate of attendance or participation. And I asked everyone to go and take a photo. When she was holding the certificate, you know, I wish I could show you, but the photo was not sent to me. She, she, could, she was just trying so hard to just make a smile for the photograph. She was so crushed that she did not win. You know what? As a father, seeing this, I could feel her emotion. I was so moved. And she came back to me saying, Daddy, it's not fair. I said, why? That guy, the mother helped her to draw. <laughs> so I thought, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I, I should have won, you know, all that. I know, you know, I mean, she was just not happy and all that stuff. And I said, come on, Rennie, it's okay, you've done your best. There's always next time. Let me buy you sushi, you know. And I buy sushi, and we had a great time, you know, father and daughter, and she totally forgot about it, and she was just smiling again. That gave me so much joy. And at that moment, I understand, wow, that's how God, the Father, would have moved with compassion with us. It's the same thing. You know, I understood it. And it cost me, it cost me time to just stop my work, to go out, buy sushi from them. You know, sushi is not cheap these days. <laughs> um, so, and especially she loves sashimi. So, <laughs> anyway, you know, but, but that's the thing. You will let... Allow, allow Holy Spirit to move us with compassion that will cause us something. I'm sure if you're in cell group, you would have read about it, you, have, you would have studied about the parable of Good Samaritan. Amen? Yeah. All right? So today we're going to look at, the, uh, at that scripture again. Um, so the Bible said that this lawyer, the, ex, the law expert, actually went and had this conversation with Jesus. Okay, how do, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
right? Correct? You guys read a, read a scripture before? Now, it's just amazing that when she asked this question, Jesus replied him, what is written in the law and how do you read of it? It's, it's amazing that sometimes, imagine if you were to have a conversation with Jesus, Jesus was like, so what was it written and how do you interpret it? You, you could be dif- interpreting that verse differently from I interpret it. But I, I think Jesus was kind enough to let him interpret that. And then so he was just saying, you know, do this and not love. And then after that, love, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. All right? And then he asked this question, okay? Um, who is my neighbor? Correct? All right, who is my neighbor? And, and that's why, and then Jesus told this parable. Let's look into it in uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 30 and 37. It says this, Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Okay, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion. Everybody said he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. Verse 35, On the next day when he got out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. We have read this verse countless of times. Even people who are not believers, they have narrated this story. And it's known as the parable of the Good Samaritan. Right? And if you notice, when the Bible said the, the priest and the Levite, when they came, they just walked the other side of the road. Now, now why, why do they do that? Now, it, 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 back in the, in the olden days, okay, there are laws uh, of uh, ceremonial laws of cleanness and uncleanness. They, they, there must be a certain distance of how, uh, how much, uh, how near can they approach someone who has blood. Okay, so if they were too near with him, they have, to, they have to be declared as unclean. And therefore, they have to go all the way out, back to the outer courts of the temple for two weeks before they come back all the way in. So, so you know that. So, so, so the, the priests and the Levite, they saw that. You know, but, but they were just too preoccupied with their laws, their tradition and all that. So that's why he never helped. Now, the Samaritan saw and he went and helped. Now, just, just, just to let you know, the Samaritan, they actually adopt a similar culture just like the, Jew, like the, like the, like the Jews, okay? And they also have a similar uh, 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 uncleanliness rule. So that's why when Jesus met the women by the well, the Samaritan woman, the, the women actually asked, you know, which is the right way? Is it our way or the Jews? You know, there was a co- always a conflict. You know, there was just saying, you know, our way is the right way and the, the Jewish way should be the right way of worshipping Jesus. So they have a, almost a similar uh, a, a, a law or tradition of some sort regarding to the uh, things of the unclean. 
So that's the same thing. But do you see that what happened, what was different was the Samaritan did not bother about that, but he went and he showed compassion to that person. Okay, now we're just going to learn a few things from, from, from this story. Okay, um, so what was different? What was different? Now, compassion will always move us to a new perspective. Compassion will always move us to a new perspective. The priest and the Levite, they only saw what was required of them through their law, which was normal. The Samaritan as well. But when he saw them and he was moved with compassion, he had a new perspective. And Martin Luther King Jr. preached this in one of, said this in one of his sermons. He said this, The priest asked, If I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But the Samaritan asked, If I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? Different perspective. So today, I mean, if, as you go out from here, I don't know, you may have bumped into opportunities or, or some, some God moment that God allows you to just show an act of, of kindness to someone after being moved with, 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 with compassion. Are you going to have a change of perspective? Amen? Number two, compassion will move us from convenience to inconvenience. Compassion will move us from convenience to inconvenience. Now, if you, if you read the, the, the parable, of course, you know, this is just a parable. It said here, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, so he was heading towards somewhere, okay? He was heading towards somewhere. It, it will be inconvenient for him to just stop, nurse that guy, put him on a bandage, put him on his animal, on his donkey, and just carry him. It is inconvenient, Definitely. You know, sometimes when you, when you, when you come to a, uh, these past two weeks, you know, coming to church, I mean, I don't know why, like I've seen Carton Turtle on, my, on our way to church for the past two Sundays. When you see an accident, I'm going to church. Would you just stop down and just ask, is everything okay? It is inconvenient because you're heading somewhere. It's going to disrupt your journey. Amen? So that's the thing. Now, Number three, compassion will move us to a position of generosity. Compassion will move us to a position of generosity. Sometimes you didn't realize with the little that you have, you can be generous with that. Because when compassion moves you, whatever that you have, you can take it out and you can share it with that person. And the last thing, compassion will interrupt our routine. Compassion will interrupt our routine. You could be going to somewhere, like I said just now, you know, you could be going to an airport, you could be doing this and somewhere, but, but, some, but some, somehow or other God just dropped something to you about this person, he needed help. Would you just disrupt your routine and go all the way out to help that somebody? Yeah. Compassion will do all that, but I think but it's all worth it. So let's go back to the question that this lawyer asked Jesus. He said this, so who is my neighbor? Neighbor. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, and ask them, who is my neighbor? Are you expecting a reply? Now, let, let everybody look at me. Now, in actual fact, when that person asks, who is my neighbor, 
what he actually meant was, who should I love or who should I not love? If we were to break down that question. When he asked Jesus, when, you know, Jesus said, said to him, love your neighbour as yourself. And then he replied, he asked Jesus, who is my neighbour? So in another way, he's actually asking Jesus, so Jesus, who should I love? Who should I not love? And Jesus tell this parable. So basically, he's just saying, everyone who is in need, wherever you are. You know, he was, and, and the fact that Jesus used a Samaritan was probably even more agitating to him because he's a Jew, right? So that's the thing for us sometimes. I, I don't want all of us here in City Light to be a professional Christian. We know the cliche, we know the right thing to do, we know the Christian thing to do, we know that, you know, Sunday we come to church, we leave our hands, we, we do all that, we can just go through the motion, we can be a, such a professional Christians, you know, having the form, but not having the power in us. You know, sometimes we can be so good with that, and we just say, you know, this is how we grow the church. You know, we do this, we do that, we do this. You know, in fact, you know, we, we had a chat a, a, a while ago, we can, we can even get non-believers to run the church, the church will grow in terms of members and attendance. They're just running programs. But when you don't have the Holy Spirit and the love of Christ in it, everything means nothing. And that's the thing for us sometimes. And, and we've been talking about in the book of Acts, when every believer can sell everything and share with one another, and then it was because they were moved with compassion. When they see someone in need, they can do that. They can sell everything because I have so much compassion for my neighbour, for, for, for Timothy who is in lack, for Pastor, for Elaine, for Aaron. I, I don't mind selling it and just share it with them because the early church believers, they were moved with compassion and they had no problem doing that for one another. Not just being a professional Christian. Amen? So I want to encourage all of us, you know, today in the 21st century, why don't we let our hearts be filled with the love of God? And as He moves us with compassion, let us go out and act on it. Can I have the team to come back up on the stage? You know, this, this message today is for two groups of people. It could be one, you are struggling with a situation in your life that's just filled with challenges that you think there's no way out. Or you feel that you are struggling with guilt because of something that you have done. You don't think you'll be accepted. You think you are condemned. You think that it's just, that's it. Nobody will love me. This message is for you. I just want to tell you that we have a God, a Father in heaven, who is always moved with compassion when they see when he sees our situation just like how i felt when i see my daughter's situation and i was moved with compassion our father in heaven was like that and that's why if you look at the story of the parable of the lost son when he came back to his father when he decided i've had enough maybe i should just go back to my father and in Luke chapter 15, verse 20, it says this, So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, 
his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. That's what Jesus will do for you. If you're struggling for acceptance, if you're feeling guilt, if you're feeling, I've done so much that's just unpleasing to God, why don't you just come back to Jesus and allow him to just embrace you again with his love, with his compassion. And this message is also for another group of people whom are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, all of us here. We are supposed to be the Jesus to our community. We are supposed to be the Jesus to our office, the Jesus in our workplace, the Jesus in our school, the Jesus in our colleges. And that's why in Proverbs 3, 27, 28, in the message translation, it says this, never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is in God's hand for that person. Don't tell a neighbour maybe some other time or try me tomorrow or when the money's right there in your pockets. All you need to do is just go out and share the love of Christ with that person. And that's why in 2 Corinthians 1, 3-5, it says this, Praise be to the God and the Father of Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comfort us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we find we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Sometimes it's not just about what our experience, what we go through that will help others, but it's the comfort that we have from Jesus, that from God, and we can share that out with others. So today, whether you're struggling in your, in your situation, you are just feeling, God, I, I think that's the end of me. I don't want to, to live anymore. I, I think there's no hope. It's just getting worse. Why don't you come back to the Father? The Father, that when He sees you, He runs towards you with love, with compassion. He can't wait to hug you, embrace you. For some of us here, you can be too self-centered, self-preoccupied in the world that we are busy with, with our business, with our studies, with our career, that sometimes we just don't let God just cause a holy disruption to our routine that, hey, there's this guy just right next door, next to my cubicle who really needs help. He's struggling. Maybe he doesn't have enough to eat. Maybe he doesn't have enough for, this, for, for, for that season. Why don't we go out share the love of Christ with him and also generously sow in that person's life. This whole month will mean nothing if all, that we, if all that we do was only come and listen to the sermon of compassion but not move with compassion to go out there in the world. The church is the church only when it exists for others. Amen? So why not, as 